Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, February 4th, 2021. Where in the world did we get the name Revival from the Bible from? Well, today is an exciting day on this podcast because we're reading the verse where this idea comes from. And I'm very excited to talk about it today as we look at Psalm 19, 7 through 14. Now, when we think of the concept of revelation, which is, again, not just thinking of the last book of the Bible, but thinking of God revealing himself to us, often theologians have described that in two separate ways ways, kind of two categories, general revelation and special revelation. And Psalm 19 seems to cover both of those where in verses one through six, what we read yesterday, it really talks about the general revelation, God revealing himself to us in creation. But today it's going to shift more to the special revelation of God and specifically God revealing himself to us through his word or through his law. And he uses a bunch of different phrases to basically describe the word of God. And it all starts off in verse seven with this phrase, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. Right there, it tells us revival comes from the Bible. That God's word, God's law, his way is perfect and it revives our souls. And that's one of the reasons why we call this podcast Revival from the Bible, because we want people to see that reading the Bible, studying the Bible is not a chore. It is life giving. And I can say that's even just personally one of my greatest passions in life. The second sermon I ever gave in front of people was from this passage, Psalm 19, 7 through 11. Because and that wasn't I wasn't a pastor at that point in time. I was just a senior in high school, giving the message at a student-led chapel at my tiny Christian school. But one thing already that God had given me a passion in my heart about was I wanted people to see God's word as a get to, not a got to, right? Growing up in this Christian school, many people growing up in the church, and I didn't want people to just think of spending time reading the Bible as some chore or this book as some boring thing, but that it is full of life. And again, just look at how it is described here. In verse seven, it is perfect. It revives the soul, right? Can you think of things that just revive your body, right? Just give you refreshment and just a whole new perspective. Maybe it's just an incredible night's sleep or, uh, you know, something cool and refreshing to drink on a hot, hot day where you've been working really hard, but just something that gives you fresh life and fresh energy. That's what the word of God is. It says the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. One thing we all need in this life is wisdom. And the testimony of the Lord is sure. We can find wisdom in God's word. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. I remember when I gave that message as a senior in high school, I was in the middle of taking honors calculus and boy, could that be frustrating times where I felt like taking my graphing calculator and throwing it out the window because I couldn't figure it out. But sometimes with the teacher's help or uh, different things that when all of a sudden the right solution became clear, 
oh man, my heart rejoiced. And we think of God's word, it is right and it rejoices our heart, right? When we are struggling with life, we're not working on some abstract calculus equation. We're dealing with the problems of life and family or relationships and holiness, all of these different things. We open up God's word and we find what is right and it should bring joy to our hearts. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes, right? And I can't tell you how thankful can't tell you how thankful I am for my glasses, right? That enable me to see clearly. Well, God's word enables us to see clearly in a world that is very dark and very blurry. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous all together. And then it kind of all reaches this crescendo in verse 10. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. And there we see, I mean, gold is the most valuable thing that David can probably think of. Uh, Honey is probably the sweetest thing that he can think of, right? They hadn't refined probably all these chocolates, candies, you know, all the sweet things we taste today, but he's saying, man, it's it's more valuable than the most valuable thing I can think of. It's sweeter than the sweetest thing I can think of. God's word is so good. And, and frankly, that's one of the reasons why I, I love doing this podcast every day is I want more and more people to see that God's word is so good. This is not some lifeless, boring book and reading the Bible isn't some just chore that we need to check the box and get through. It is a life-giving thing. And if we commit ourselves to this book, we will find that there is great reward. And that's what it says in verse 11. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and in keeping them, there is great reward. And we start to see there, we need to be clear, the reward comes not just from knowing God's word, it comes from obeying God's word. And that's, again, these these rules, even the directions that God's word gives us, they're not just because God is, you know, some really strict killjoy. No, they are all for our good. And when we listen to the warnings of God's word and we do what God's word says, we're going to find ourselves saved from many troubles and really rewarded with life and just the joys that come from the right path. That's why it ends with just this great prayer in verse 14 that I would hope all of us pray today. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And so I want to just encourage you today to see the value of spending time in God's word. You will not regret it. Go find me an older, mature Christian that says, you know what? I wish I would have read the Bible less. You're not going to find it. I don't think that person exists. You find people that have walked with the Lord and they're going to they're gonna confirm what Psalm 19 says. So even here we are in February, that hopefully you're, you're tracking with reading through the Bible and you're prioritizing that and making time. May I just even encourage you today, keep going because you will find it worth it in the end. But again, we see that there's this emphasis on actually doing what the word says, that we want to hear it, see it for the treasure that it is, and listen to it, to be warned by it. 
And that then is going to take us to Exodus 19 through 20. Exodus 19 through 20. And there's a lot that we could talk about here, but we're going to focus mostly on chapter 20 as we see this really revolves around the Ten Commandments. And Israel now arrives at Mount Sinai and it's an incredible scene with God, you know, in the mountain and calling out, you know, with there's thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud. And he calls out to Moses from this kind of a fearful, intimidating thing. And God even says, don't let anybody touch the mountain unless they, they die. Right. And so it's a very, very intense scene that we see leading up to this. But then in chapter 20, that there are, you know, what have become well-known beyond even just churches, the, the 10 commandments are right here in Exodus chapter 20. So especially as we think through what we just read in Psalm 19, how should we view these 10 commandments? Well, it's a good time for us to consider categories that Christians have thought through where they talk about the law like this, the 10 commandments, that three uses of the law. And one of those uses is a mirror that as God gives us the law, it is a mirror for us to look at and frankly, to see we fall short and none of us are going to be able to look at the Ten Commandments and say, yep, accomplish them all perfectly. I have kept all of the Ten Commandments. Even again, Jesus reminds us of this in what we've recently read in Matthew saying, oh, you've heard it said you shall not murder. Well, I say if you are angry with your brother, you've committed murder in your heart. Or you have heard it said thou shalt not commit adultery. Well, if you have looked at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery, right? The, The law should be a mirror to us to show us I am a sinner who needs a savior. That is one use of the law. There's also kind of a a civil use of the law, a a curb on evil that hopefully just even as these Ten Commandments are so well known, it stops people from stealing or committing adultery or murder. And we see often even God's commandments have been backed up with law where there are laws that you cannot murder, you cannot steal, you cannot bear false witness. And so that's another use of the law, but also what Christians will often talk about the third use of the law, which is as Christians, we shouldn't just look at the 10 commandments and say, oh, well, I have a savior, so I don't need to worry about those. But no, and even this is what we see in Psalm 19, the law should function as our guide as believers. So if, if we encounter these laws, we should realize I am a sinner who needs a savior, and that should drive us to repentance and faith. God, I want to turn from my sin. I want to turn from breaking these commandments, and I need to put my trust in Christ because he kept them perfectly. I need his perfect righteousness, and I need his forgiveness for my sins. But as we do that, Jesus not only forgives us from our sins, he changes us. And he gives us a new heart. And as believers, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And now we have a new power to keep the law of God. And we should look at the law of God and say, God, your law is perfect. It revives the soul. I want to use your law as a guide for my life. And we don't think, oh, well, that's how I now earn my salvation. No, my salvation was earned by Jesus Christ, his perfect life, his death on the cross. But now that I have his spirit within me, I want to say, God, I want to follow you. How do I follow God? Well, he has given us his law as a guide for us to follow. 
So we should think about some of those uses as we read through this. As we read through this, there should be some conviction. And if you have not realized that you cannot earn your salvation, you cannot keep the commandments to God's standards, then today should be the day that you confess that to God, turn from your sin, and trust in him. But if you have put your trust in Christ, we should look at these commandments and say, God, I want to follow you. And even we should think of even how Jesus expanded on these commandments and say, God, I want to keep these commandments not just at a surface level, but I want to keep them from the heart, from the inside out. And you have given me your Holy Spirit to empower me to grow in sanctification. So I'd encourage you to even just think of some of these 10 commandments as a challenge to yourself. And what are some ways that you need to grow in in keeping these 10 commandments as a guide to your life, remembering, hey, in keeping God's law, there is great reward for those who have put their trust in Christ and have their hearts changed by him. Speaking of the commandments, we see how they are misapplied as we open up to Matthew chapter 12, Matthew 12 verses one through eight, and there's controversy over the Sabbath. And one thing you should notice here is that the Pharisees, they didn't really just obey these commandments from the heart, from the inside out. They twisted these commandments and turned them into things that they were never supposed to be. It says, at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath and his disciples were hungry and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. When the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. And I'm going to throw a flag on the play there and say, there is nothing that the disciples were doing that is actually against God's law as it is recorded in the Old Testament, that they were not working to make a profit. They were walking through the field and they were eating. And even the law said that there should be uh, some remains left on the field for travelers and pilgrims and poor uh, to eat. And so Jesus has to correct some of their thinking to say, you need to reevaluate how you think about God's law. When you turn it into burdensome rules that are more about keeping some religious system and earning our righteousness, that's never what it was supposed to be about. And the Sabbath was meant to be a day of rest, not a day of burden. And Jesus elaborates more on that in other places, but we get a taste of that here in Matthew 12. Well, in Acts 11, as we wrap up today, verses 1 through 18, we see an encouraging passage as Paul, as Peter, excuse me, has been instructed in the value of bringing the gospel to the Gentiles and how he should not look down on the Gentiles. And that's going to be a controversy in the early church. But today we see him going back and sharing this with the church at Jerusalem. And I, I love how it ends in verse 18. When they heard these things, they fell silent and they glorified God saying, then to the Gentiles also, God has granted repentance that leads to life. And, and when we hear of people turning from sin and putting their faith in Christ, May that always be our response, even if it's people coming from very, very different backgrounds than us. If people are truly turning from sin to trust in Christ, that's always a reason for rejoicing in heaven. That's what Luke 15 and the parables of the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son remind us. And that should always be reason for rejoicing amongst us as believers. So let us rejoice today as we seek to give the gospel to others and let us rejoice in the treasure that we have in God's word. And may we give thanks that his law is perfect and it revives the soul. 
Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.